Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. I remember the men of that community said, uh, you know, because uh, it's country community, an old country store, you know, like those old-time country stores used to have, you know. Men would, you know, if there wasn't a farm, you know, land lay by, they'd gather around there and, and meet, you know, and talk. And the men of that community said, well, you know, Mr. Terry was such a, a, a good man. See, they didn't even know he wasn't a Christian. I wonder, they said, if you can see any difference in him. Now, now here's a fellow, you know, that's, that's been bootlegging whiskey. Well, he got saved, quit bootlegging whiskey. You can see that. Here's a fellow that's cussing every other breath, you know. And he gets saved and stopped. That's readily seen. You can see a difference in him. Here's a fellow mean as the devil, you know. You know, but now here's a good man. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue this series, My Life and Ministry by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer, which includes the message you will hear today. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. My angels have washed over you and cared for you. How can you explain it otherwise? They didn't know anything about praying that I wouldn't. They didn't pray that I wouldn't. They didn't know anything well about that. How could you explain it any other way? My angels have watched over you and cared for you until this present day. You can suffer much in life as an orphan boy. And you get kicked around and kicked from pillar to post and spit on and cussed. It don't set well with you. Are you listening to me? But thank God for the love of God. I said, thank God for the love of God. Yeah. Now, you would never believe. You would never believe if you knew me then and knew me after I got saved at 15. You, and, of course, most people that get saved, you never believe the same person. I don't care how good a person is. If they really got saved and born again, you can see a difference in them. Remember the country community where I preached. I, I used to stay in people's home there, and the man I thought was a Christian. The man of the house. Now, I'll tell you why I thought he was a Christian. You see, they had Bible reading in the home. He, he had prayer at every meal. His, his boys were about my age. I was just a teenager and I started preaching. I was just 18. He had a boy. Uh, well, at this time I was 19 and his oldest boy was 17. And another boy was 15. But these big old country boys, they're bigger than me. And these boys said, you know, never heard their daddy. Never heard him curse or use any foul language in their lifetime. Never heard him tell a vulgar joke, anything like that. Just, just a good man. Well, he lived such a good life, you know, and prayed and read the Bible and in their home and prayed over the food and never missed church. What would you think? And lo and behold, one night when the altar call was given, he come to the altar to get saved. Now, blink mine, I thought he must not have understood the invitation. We had an evangelist preaching. He must not he must not have understood the invitation. But he did. He said, later, my mother raised me right, and I always, I read the Bible because my mother told me to, not because I wanted to. I prayed because my mother taught me to pray. You see, I live right because my mother taught me that way. But I never invited Jesus to come into my life. Jesus wasn't my Lord and Savior. I knew he existed. I knew he was the Son of God. But I never, never confessed him as my Lord or ex accepted him as my Savior. Never had I done that. So he came and did it. I remember the men of that community said, 
uh, you know, because uh, it's country community, an old country store, you know, like those old-time country stores you used to have, you know. Men would, you know, if there wasn't a farm, you know, the land lay by, they'd gather around there and, and meet, you know, and talk. And the men of that community said, well, you know, Mr. Terry was such a, a, a good man. See, they didn't even know he wasn't a Christian. I wonder, they said, if you can see any difference in him. Now, now here's a fellow, you know, that's, that's been bootlegging whiskey. Well, he got saved, quit bootlegging whiskey. You can see that. Here's a fellow that's cussing every other breath, you know. And he gets saved and stopped. That's readily seen. You can see a difference in him. Here's a fellow mean as the devil, you know. You know, but now here's a good man. You know, I mean, he, he goes to church and never misses service. Never. Not one single service. Ever. Ever. Prays. Reads the Bible. Has family prayer. Prays at the table. Good man. Reckon we can see a difference in him? The men would say. One of them told me. Said, we watched. Now, these are sinners talking, see. We watched. When he'd come to the store. When, see, because it went out all over the community. You know, Mr. Terry went to the altar last night to be saved? Well, people say, I thought he was saved. So these men said, we're going to watch him. See if we can tell him the difference. And one of them, a sinner man, told me. The minute, the very next day, he came to this store for something, you know. And the minute he come in, said every single afterwards, every single one said, yeah, yeah, you can see it. Yeah, there's a difference in him. I, I said, what was it? Oh, they said, he's got a glow on his face he didn't have before. <laughs> Amen. Amen. See, he's doing all the right things before, but he didn't have the joy or the glow. Paul said to the Romans, he said, be fervent in spirit. That's King James translation. Be fervent in spirit. I like another translation. It says, maintain the glow. I'm going to preach a sermon on that one of these days. I got a message on that. Maintain the glow. Maintain the glow. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, they see, they saw that glow on his face. Yeah, they said, there's a difference. You can see a difference in him even. Well, now, of course, somebody you know that had been real wicked and mean and so on, you could see a great big difference in, all, in their actions. You couldn't see a whole lot of difference in his actions because he kept on going to church, but he's already doing that. Never missed a service. He kept on praying. He's already doing that. He kept on reading the Bible. But Jesus came into his life. And he's got the life of God in him now. Can you say amen? amen. Now, you could have seen a great dip, bit of difference in me. You know, I was born again at 15, raised up from the bed at 17 years of age. Because, you see, I, I, my, my life was all twisted. I, I can look back now, you know, and I was full of hatred. You know, and I just didn't like anybody. I was mad at the whole world. Because, see, I had a heart condition. I couldn't run and play like other little children. And, 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 and you know, I just felt like I'm cheated. You know, and I'm mad at God. And, 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 and then you, you get kicked around from pillar to post. No place to live. Go live with this kin, folks. And they spit on you and, and, and kick you. And then you go live with some other kin, folks. And they don't treat you like a human being. Amen. I'm, I'm not making something up, brother. I've been cussed and spit on, hit, and I can't fight back because I'm, I'm physically handicapped. Then you start to school. We didn't start till seven years old. And because you are physically handicapped, see, everybody wants to jump on you and whip you because that proves how big they are. 
and you can't take up for yourself. And I'd have a little enough sense to try to fight back and pass out. Just flat pass out. You become unconscious on the school ground. Just become unconscious. And the school nurse said, I thought we never were going to bring you around. I remember twice. In the second grade, twice. I got by pretty good in the first grade. But in the second grade then, two different times. One time I was unconscious 45 minutes. Another time I was unconscious an hour and a half. And I know a lot of times, after just exerting a little bit, now listen to me real carefully. I mean not running and playing during recess like other kids. We're sitting down and watching them. But just climbing. I don't mean upstairs. I mean that all your school was on one level, but you still got some steps, you know, because it's not just right on ground level. A few steps to climb and a few steps to walk to get there. And by the time I'd get there, I know it was a second grader. I'd sit down at my desk and put my hand down and pass out. And, and sometimes they'd try to wake me up. And sometimes the first class is already over before I came back to myself. Just that much, just that much exertion, just little exertion, you see, would, would, would cause my heart to not beat right. And the school nurse said, you know, said, you just got blue all over because my circulation wasn't right, you see. And, and you live that way, you see, and, and you know, and you think, you know, God's been better to everybody else than he has you. You don't know, you haven't been taught right. And then everybody wants to run over, you know, and they just run up sometimes, you know, and you're just standing there, mind your own business, hit you right in the face, knock you down, instead of having enough sense to lie there, get up, then knock you down again. Time to knock you down three times, you passed out. So I, in the second grade, I decided this right away. If, I go, if I'm going to get by, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to put my whammy in on some of these folks. <laughs> so at the noontime, I slipped down on the grounds right behind East Ward School that they had every year, they had the old Collin County old-fashioned picnic, you know, and the settlers' reunion. And I found me a two before about 12 inches long. Now, I'm a little fella, so it wasn't it was big to me, but it probably wasn't over 12 inches long. Maybe it might have been 14. And drug it, because I couldn't even lift the thing to carry it hardly. Drug it back up there on the school ground and hit it. And there's one boy, Todd Moore. <laughs> his first name was Todd. His last name was Moore. Todd Moore in the second grade. And he's the bully of the playground. Now, he ought to have been in the fifth grade, but he never got out of the second. In those days, they didn't do like nowadays. They'll just put them on anyway, you know, just move them on up, you know. <laughs> well, if you're stupid in the second, you're going to be stupid in the third. So a few stupid peoples keep moving the stupids up. They all turn out stupid. But you see, they didn't have enough sense at least not to do that in those days, you see. So he's three years older than all the rest of us because he ought to be in the fifth grade. He's still in the second grade, see. And then he's bigger than all the rest of us because he's got three years of growth on us. And he is the uh, playground bully. I mean, he runs everything, you see. So I knew if you would get it in on him, everybody else would be afraid of you. So I just slipped up behind him because he'd already knocked me down two or three times anyway. And I just slipped up behind him when he wasn't looking and I knew I had to get that lick in. If I don't, boy, I'm ruined. I, I'm, I'm ruined. And I took that two befores about, you know, and, and for a little fellow in the second grade, and I was always little to my age anyway back there. 
and I swung that thing as hard as I could and hit him right behind the right ear. And he went down like he'd hit him in the head with a baseball bat. And that too before it about like it. And now he's out for 45 minutes. <laughs> they like to never brought him around. Said, what did they do you? Nothing. They knew, school authorities knew where the problem was. I, I just said to the principal, you know, I had to do something. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, My Life and Ministry by Kenneth E. Hagan. If you've been enjoying the series we featured this week, then you'll want to get the entire six CD set for your personal collection. The CD series is just $39.95. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Get this six CD set that includes special insight into the man and the ministry of Kenneth E. Hagan, told in his own words. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. I want to thank all of you that are helping us to keep this program going through your monthly support as a partner with yes. the ministry. Yes. You can go to www.rhema.org slash WPC and become a partner with us. But we want to thank all of you that are helping us. Help Rama reach out to the communities in Oklahoma that have been so devastated by the recent tornadoes. Give a financial gift online today at rhema.org slash relief or text aid to 28950 and give a gift via your smartphone. Message and data rates may apply. Again, that website is rhema.org slash relief. Thank you for helping Rama bring hope, help, and healing to the world. Tomorrow, more from Reverend Hagen on this powerful teaching. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.